Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. Remember to subscribe to our free podcast so you won't miss any of our illuminating content. Here is episode 226. The whole idea is that I want to help parents teach their kids how to manage money early so that they can get that life skill. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. you're ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the Luminous Mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Mark Tilsher. Mark is the host of Junior Moneymakers Podcast, a show dedicated to helping parents teach their kids entrepreneurship. A homeschooling father of four, Mark believes that teaching kids entrepreneurship can help bridge the gap between traditional education and real life. Welcome, Mark. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. <laughs> I am an absolute lover of Mark's podcast called The Junior Moneymakers. It just, I'm so elated just to chat with him because I just love his show. But before, you know, we share more about what you're doing, with our audience. Can you please tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I do, I just want to say it's awesome that I found my one fan. Like I knew there was one out there <laughs> and it's really cool that I found it. So thank you so much. That's um, the best so yeah, part well, about having a podcast is I can reach out to all the people I admire. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. So yeah, uh, about my family and I. So we're a homeschooling family and we actually live over in Germany, if you can believe that. So we're kind of third culture family. I have four children ranging all the way in age from two, and the oldest is 14 years old. And each one of them was born uh, here in Germany. So they've never actually lived wow. in the United States. Yeah, at least not yet. Um, so all of them have visited back to the United States, but they, they're kind of torn between being Americans and living in Germany almost their whole lives. The bonus of that is that they've all been homeschooled uh, since birth. So my son was born a month after we got here, and they've all been homeschooled uh, their entire life, which is really great for them. So uh, some of that culture shock they're going to experience, I think, over the next year as we travel back will be, I think, minimized by yeah. that. That's awesome. So just a follow-up question, because I know it's kind of illegal to homeschool in Germany. Is it not illegal if you're an American? No, it's a very interesting question. So uh, Germany is actually one of the most hostile countries in the world when it comes to homeschoolers. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of legal issues that happen and they can actually come into your house and, and straight up take your children away. We do some work with, there's a, a SOFA agreement and some other complicated things that I won't necessarily get into. But the the official position on our community here is that there is no official position on our community. So we're kind of... <laughs> We kind of are doing our thing and, and everything's going really well so far. That's awesome. Well, it's but we kind, do. kind of scary, but awesome at the same time, right? It is. So, we, But we do know Germans. Uh, there's some Germans we've been helping to support over the years who um, they've actually had their children taken away and they fight legal battles. And yeah, this podcast takes an interesting turn, but there, there's definitely some so there's some complications for people that want to home educate here in Germany. That's awesome. Well, and I kind of interrupted you when you're telling our audience about your family, you know, just give us more of your passions and maybe your profession stuff you, that you love to do. 
Okay. So to kind of put the the nail on the family piece, our big passions in our family life is uh, really we want kids that love God's creation. And that's a really nice thing about living here is we're just surrounded by nature. So the Germans really do enjoy nature and and the beauty of God's creation. So we want our kids to enjoy God's creation. We want them to be creative. And something we had alluded to before the show is we want them to love learning. And that's really important to us in our family is that when they leave the house, Learning isn't something that they that that stays behind after they go, but we really want them to to love learning their entire life. So we we've always believed that if they're creative and they love learning, that they can really do whatever they want when they grow up. The the sky will really be the limit for them. That's uh, awesome. for me. Awesome, yeah, yeah. So thank you. Uh, for me, I almost don't have time for hobbies. So we have uh, four businesses as a family, and I, I have a day job, and then we have four kids. Uh, but when I find time, I do uh, jujitsu. I'm actually a jujitsu instructor. I'm a Krav Maga instructor as well. Um, I have two 40-minute drives every day, and I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks when I'm doing that. And uh, the kids and I like to play board games and and hang out. We just bought a piano this weekend. Oh, and so cool. Yeah. Kind of taking over taking over the house as well. So yeah, that's what we like to do. Well, obviously, they're not playing it now. I always have to go, can you guys not play the piano for an hour? So, so I think my wife is almost there. <laughs> that's great. Well, I think that's a great springboard into maybe giving us some background of what led you to this life's mission and message of the Junior Moneymakers podcast. Oh, so are you ready for this? This is going to be a great story. Yeah. I hope it's good. <laughs> All right. So it's really interesting. So my my wife and I, we've always been really good at making money, but I was born really without any life skills like the rest of us. And and growing up, I was living on my own since I was 15. And I, I never really learned how to do some of the things that adults are required to do, like save money and and plan for the future and, and kind of live for more than maybe the next five minutes. And so a few years ago, my family and I found ourselves uh, in the middle of Amsterdam and we were driving. We were right uh, outside of the Van Gogh Museum. And I was going to uh, make a left-hand turn. And, and as I pulled forward, there was a train that was coming from the other direction. And the train slammed into the front of our car. Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and so um, thank God all of us were okay. Um, even the babies in the back, like nobody was injured. But we couldn't drive the car home. And so we're in the middle of Amsterdam. We're, we're really far away from home. Um, we're in a foreign country and we didn't know what to do next. And so we went to go and rent a vehicle to get to get ourselves back home. And everybody was really gracious there. And our insurance company was really nice. But ultimately, I had to swipe my credit card in order to get the rental car. And so my wife and my kids, they're they're sitting you know, at the terminal waiting to pick up the vehicle. And I'm kind of over there with the attendants getting ready to swipe the card. And in my head, I was doing this mental math of when I swipe the card, is it going to decline? You know, and I'm doing the the conversion rate from dollars to euros and all of this in my head. And I'm in this panic because I have four children and a wife and I don't know if I'm going to be able to drive them home or not. And it's all going to going to matter when I swipe this card. And so, you know, God is good. And I swiped the card and and everything worked out and we, and we got home. But there was the moment where I realized and I was finally forced to confront and God uses these situations in miraculous ways. But I was finally forced to confront uh, the fact that even though we were really good at making money, we had all kinds of businesses, and we were making about $100,000 a year at the time, we had no idea, specifically me, like I had no idea what to actually do with it. And so my wife and I had to sit down and and make some serious changes in our family. Uh, At the time, we were $97,000 in debt, uh, and we had absolutely nothing really to our name. 
And so from there, things changed in our family very rapidly. Like you have a major life-changing event, everything turns around. So over the next year and a half, we uh, made $97,000 from our side businesses and we uh, paid off all of our debt. And uh, one of the byproducts of that was uh, we decided that we didn't want this to happen to anybody else ever. And so we started to or started to find that when our friends were coming over and they had their kids with them, like we would we'd be sitting there trying to get them to understand how to make money, what to do with their money, how to go to college debt free, you know, how they could use the skills that they had to put those to work so that they could start piling up cash, buy their car and, and start to think about paying for college and things like that. And so we realized that we had this natural talent. And the best way that we decided to put that to use was actually in uh, starting the Junior Moneymakers podcast. So that's exactly what we did. Um, we started the podcast. It, it took off very, very quickly. Um, it has a, a pretty good following of, of very loyal listeners. And um, that's the whole idea. The whole idea is that I want to help parents teach their kids how to manage money early so that they can get that life skill and, and leave the house with it rather than wait until they're 35, 34 years old, you know, stranded in the middle of Amsterdam, realizing they might not have taught them everything that they needed to know. Ah, uh, I love that story. I, I have a similar story where we, you know, just were up to our eyeballs in debt, like most Americans. And finally, I'm, I talk about Dave Ramsey all the time, because yeah. I mean, just, a it was a, a, a complete divine intervention that we found him. And, you know, we started working on paying it off. I'm definitely there with you, you know, and making so did sure. You. Oh, yeah, we paid it off. And in fact, we've downsized in our home. And that's what we're working on now is just really rapidly paying it off because, you know, I'd love to live in Germany, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. so did you go to Ramsey Solutions? Did you do your debt free screen? Oh, uh, well, we did, but we did it online. Someday I'll have to okay. post it. You know, my kids were all really little and everything. And it's really fun. My youngest one was actually a baby at the time. <laughs> so it's kind of a wow. fun call. But yeah, we got everything so, paid off but our house and which we're working on now. So Amazing. So yeah, we went on December 1st of last year, we uh, went to Ramsey Solutions and did our debt-free scream right in the lobby. Oh, cool. Well, we'll yeah. do that when we pay off our house. We've actually already talked about, that. <laughs> you know, when that's done, we're going there to Tennessee to definitely do that. That's great. And I think that that's, I mean, what a great way to give back to start this podcast, because you're exactly right. I was listening to a podcast today that talked about, you know, here we are, we teach kids uh, calculus and algebra and stuff like that. And a lot of times we don't teach them the basic necessities of, you know, how interest works or how to balance a checkbook or any of those types of things, or even how to sell themselves. I mean, and kind of moving into this entrepreneur idea. I mean, I talk to my boy all the time, no matter what profession you have, if you're working with some for somebody or working for yourself, or he wants to be an author, and he has a book written and everything. But you know, you've got to learn how to market yourself and to have that entrepreneurial attitude, no matter where you're at. Is that I mean, do you feel the same way? Or what's your thoughts on that? No, I think you're absolutely right. So we, I think we spend so much time worrying about math facts, let's say, or memorizing our multiplication tables when we know that our kids have a calculator in their hand on their smartphone <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And we, we don't teach them necessarily how to spend their money or how to save their money or what to do, you know, how to give. And we don't teach them any of those things when they're young or, or at least not sufficiently. And then when we leave the house, they get they get hit in the face the first time that they have to balance their checkbook or if people still do that, you know, or they have to go online and balance, you know, balance their accounts and they have no idea what to do. And so we end up sending our kids out of the house without the life skills that they need to actually thrive. And it, it's no surprise. Like when you look at the statistics for the United States, for student loan debt, for housing debt, I mean, most Americans can't come up with $500. Uh -huh. And yeah. $500 is not a lot of money. 
And $500 barely covers a small crisis. I mean, we don't know how to change the oil in our car. That's going to cost you 50, almost a hundred dollars. That's 10% if you've got, you know, $500. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, maybe, it's maybe a little more than, maybe, yeah. maybe a little more than 10%. Well, <laughs> so. and I love the freedom the entrepreneur gives a, a person. Um, in the past, my husband and I, we've always been tied to a location, but that would be a, a dream of ours to be able to live wherever and still be able to, you know, support our family. Um, I'd love to hear how you think entrepreneurship helps young people with their education. You know, this is an educational podcast and I'd love to hear kind of what you feel about that. No, it's a, it's a great question. It's one I get a lot and I, I get it from how it helps with the education, but also why it's better than things like uh, taking your kids to play soccer or play football. I um, mean, I think it's a good question that, that a lot of people have. So one of the, I mean, if you just want to talk about the educational skills that kids get from entrepreneurship first, you're obviously going to get things like math. Uh, you're going to get marketing. You talked about marketing yourself, which is humongous, whether your kids become uh, entrepreneurs or they go into the job market, just being able to understand their own value, you know, what, what price they can command in the open market, selling their own products versus working for somebody else, customer service, and just plain old social interaction dealing with customers that are always right is always a difficult skill to learn. Uh, so taking that into the job market with them or into their future with them is, is humongous. And there's other intangibles that help as well, where things like dealing with failure, dealing with failure is humongous. And, and any entrepreneur will tell you, like you fail forward 5,000 times just to get that one success. And I think the other part that we don't think about often is the dealing with success as well. And I think that that's something that my wife and I specifically dealt with was we had so much success, but knowing what to do with that success over time, uh, we didn't have those skills. And what, where I think that the most value comes from, regardless of if your kids go forward to be entrepreneurs or they, they go into the job market or they, you know, they have their own business, is that entrepreneurs usually have a fire in their belly uh, that can't be equated to any other business. And so when your kids do pick up entrepreneurship, they're much more likely to be self-taught, something you alluded to earlier in the mm -hmm. show. They're much more likely to be self-taught and they're more likely to chase after the education they need to be successful. And I think that that's something that we all wish that our kids would do. Like, I want my kids to love learning. As soon as they have a goal and they understand that reaching their goal is going to come through their small business idea, whatever that may be then you're going to see the passion and the fire in their eyes as their brain goes to figure out the path to get there. And what starts happening as they build that path and they build those goals, your brain starts getting those dopamine hits as they're getting the, hitting their milestones. They get the reward, they enter into the reward cycle and they start chasing after it. And you can sit back, maybe provide them logistical support or advice, but they start to just grow and they do it on their own. And that's when the magic happens. Yeah. That's what, what I think that's what we all really want to see our kids doing at the end. Yeah. And I think uh, our traditional educational style has taught us to be unhappy, <laughs> you know, that we, we are okay with mediocre, where entrepreneurship teaches us to be, you know, to strive for excellence, um, to use those failures. I mean, we're always taught in the traditional sense of like, we got to get A's, we got to be perfect. But entrepreneurship right. is really a, a more a journey, I feel like, about becoming, you know, of of making those failures or those mistakes along the way and becoming better um, yeah. and using that as a springboard to do that. Is that absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I, I think there's one more thing that I think people confuse a lot and it's that what entrepreneurship is really about at the end of the day is that it, it's about serving people. That's mm -hmm. what it's about. If you can find a way to help people, then you make money, help a few people make a little money, help lots of people make a lot of money. And that's a skill that getting that idea into your kids' heads, they start to spot opportunity. 
And spotting opportunity is one of the greatest skills any adult can have. But once your kid starts to learn to spot those opportunities, they'll see them everywhere. And all it takes is one opportunity being at that right place, like people say, and all of a sudden they're an overnight success. And whether you believe in that or not, but there's a, they're an overnight success just from that one opportunity that they're able to spot. They can fill a need. And so that's something that I believe that we need to be teaching our kids from the earliest age is how to help others how to spot opportunities to serve, whether that's through missionary work or just helping mom around the house, but getting an eye for for really spotting things that need to be fixed or places that need help. If they can do that, the sky, I mean, the world is their oyster. I love it. It's such a different mindset than what we're seeing now where kids just like come out and they just want a job, you know, they right. don't see like where they can serve or how right. they can help somebody. So that's great. Because what, they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. That they've done everything right. They've checked all the boxes and now, you know, this that's is right. the next, <laughs> you know. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'd love to hear maybe what challenges you feel like, you know, I, I, put down on our, our sheet, baby, that of starting your podcast, but maybe we should talk about the challenges that you feel like, you know, people have as they're starting their businesses. I mean, are there definitely some, some key things that you see that people might struggle with and then how, you know, they can use those to learn from? Yeah. And I think with kids, this is a really big one. This is a big question that people have a lot. They, they don't know where to start. I think that's the biggest thing. The questions I typically get are, are things that you would think would be easy. I don't have a business idea. What should I do? How do I name my business? What should I do? These are the things that seem to be on people's minds the most. And I, I think we often overthink it. So when I was a kid and I wanted to make money, my parents like told me to go outside and have a lemonade stand. And that was a simple answer. It's something that everybody knew and you could just go outside and do it. And now I think that there are so many opportunities for kids to make money. We don't have to complicate it too much. There's always classic things that kids can do, like having a lawn mowing business. There's uh, some kids that I've been in discussions with their families. They've made uh, $5,000 one year and I think $15,000 the next year, just over the course of three months mowing lawns in their neighborhood and in their town, which is a huge amount of money. That'd be a yeah. great summer job. I think for, for me, I would take that job. So, <laughs> and there's all kinds of things. Uh, there are certain states where kids can bake cookies, for example, and they don't need a, a business license or a health permit to bake cookies at home. Little things like that, that kids can do right in the house. It doesn't take a lot of effort and it'll excite them most of the time. Starting those businesses doesn't take much effort. It doesn't take much work. Um, and one of the things that I do on my podcast is I, if you go to juniormoneymakers.com slash plan, uh, there's a basic business plan that I created. It has a, some very basic questions that people can answer. Um, and they can send that to me, mark at juniormoneymakers.com, and I'll review it. I'll give them feedback, and I'll kind of give them some steps that they can they can start on. But usually what I've found is that once people take the first step towards starting a business, they figure out the other pieces really fast. And I, I get surprised with how quickly they send me a list of all the things that they did. Once they get that fire in their belly, they, it takes off really fast. But that first step, that seems to be the most difficult for people. And I, I think that's true of just about anything that people do. Once they get going, momentum picks up and kind of takes care of the rest. Yeah. And that's kind of what we talked about is recognizing those service opportunities instead of just expecting somebody to give them something, you know, where they, they become a commodity in the workforce versus, you know, just somebody just a bump on a log <laughs> way right. to be used. Right. So that's great. I'd love to hear how you feel like your paradigm has changed over time and with experience. It sounds like you've been a successful business person and stuff, but you know, maybe, you know, how has it changed from the time you began to where you are now? No, this is, it's very interesting because I, I was a, a victim of success with my podcast very early 
And so I defined success by what I saw initially. So when I launched my podcast, I, I had a very good plan. Um, I followed John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, some, some names in the industry that are recognizable. And I did everything that they said to do. And within 24 hours, my show was in the top 40 on iTunes. My listenership was growing really quickly. Uh, but there's an algorithm that iTunes uses to decide you know, how high you get up the charts in the beginning. And so I was able to stay in the top 100, the top 60, the top, I was beating Taylor Swift's podcast for a cool. while there. Like all kinds of cool <laughs> things were happening. But once that wore off, then I dropped out of the top 200, never to return again. Um, and it's just because the new people get, if you look in the top 20, you know, often there are people who have three or four episodes. Um, and there's some people that'll be in there consistently, but most of the, the new ones don't have very many shows. And so initially I was defining my success by being in the top 40, by seeing my picture and, and the initial surge of listener growth. And so when that went away, I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, I found like, what am I doing? I'm not in the top 40 anymore. Is my show not any good? Uh, do people not like it? And it, it was almost a, like a depression thing where yeah. I almost thought about quitting for a while. And I haven't <laughs> yeah. had it that long, but it's like, if I'm not going to be in the top 40, why am I doing this? And, you know, people would kill to get into the top 40. So, so that, that was something that was really hard to overcome. And right around that time, that's when I started to get emails trickling in from, from listeners. And I started getting emails trickling in from parents. And I, I saw that there were people out there that were actually listening to my show, not just numbers and statistics and rankings, but actual real life people and real life kids that were being inspired and, and actually doing the things that I was telling them to do. And so I've had kids that are starting businesses and I've actually had a parent who decided to take their family out of their homeschool, even for a full year. So they're just going to take a year off from homeschooling and do entrepreneurship exclusively. And seeing those things completely redefine the way that I view success of my podcast and what it is that I'm actually doing. So I thought that I was chasing, you know, high listener numbers and I was chasing being in the top 40. But at the end of the day, what I'm really chasing after is I just want those emails to keep coming. I don't want them to stop. And if it's one kid, if it's one family, if it's five, that's okay. I just, I want the, I don't want those emails to stop. I want to keep helping people. I want to keep changing lives. Yeah. Well, it goes back to that service, you know, that you are providing yeah. a service to people. And I, I've been there. I mean, I've, I'm a podcaster too. I totally get the whole numbers thing. And, you know, you want to watch this always inclining and you're always making, feel like right. you're making progress with those numbers, but really it comes down to the end of the day. So listeners definitely reach out to people and let them know so that they keep going, right? Because right. there's been a lot of time. I'm kind of doing it for selfish reasons because I just love to talk to cool people. So, yeah. And I just let <laughs> other people listen along. So awesome. anyway, awesome. Well, I'd love to hear maybe just tell us more about your podcast, you know, maybe some things that people can find when they tune into Junior Moneymakers podcast and maybe some different shows or what different things that you've talked about. So my show focuses on three key areas, and I, I think they all sound pretty familiar to most parents out there. So every episode that I do talks about one of three things, and that's where money comes from, how to make money, or what to do with that money once you have it. And so when we think of the idea of where money comes from, if, if you want to know if kids know where money comes from, just ask your or just watch where your children go when they want something. So when you go to, you know, the, the supermarket or the shopping or you go shopping and you see those kids that are begging their parents to buy them things, they literally have no idea 
where money comes from. So <laughs> doesn't money grow comes, on trees. <laughs> it certainly does not. <laughs> it comes from, and there's different places we can teach our kids. We can teach them that it, it comes from labor. You know, you go to school, you get a, you know, you go to college, you get a good job and it's a perfectly admirable track. Uh, but we need to expose them to the idea that money also comes from having businesses and, and money comes from uh, making investments. And that's how people get rich. Generally speaking is investing consistently over a long period of time. And then the the mecca of income, which is passive income, you know, that's another method that they can use. Uh, Jenny Craig, I, I don't, I'm sure you're familiar with who that is. You know, she had uh, a fly swatting business when she was very young. So she would talk often about how that was her first business. So wow. for our kids, for our kids, they do the same thing. Uh, they, they swap flies for 10 cents a fly. Uh, but we also have fly traps. And so I offered them that business and said, hey, you could buy a fly trap. And every time it fills up to the line, I'll give you a dollar. And that oh, becomes cool. passive income for them over time. Um, so we try to teach kids where money comes from so that they don't think it just comes magically uh, out of their parents' wallets. Aside from that, it uh, doesn't really do kids a lot of good just to tell them like, hey, if you start a business, you'll be good to go and you can make money. They actually need ideas. And so I tried to release an episode quite often uh, about how to actually make money. So I exposed uh, families to an idea like you could go to rover.com and you can make 25 to $35 just walking a dog one time you know, or doing a house visit or having dogs stay over in your home. And any family can do this. And so it's uh, particularly attractive to homeschool families because who wouldn't want, a, you know, a, and you can set the size of the dogs. You can do 10 pounds or 20 pounds or, or less. And you just have a nice little friend hang out with you for a day and your kid makes 25 or $35, which is huge. But we cover other ideas, crafting ideas, uh, classic lawn mowing ideas, cooking, all kinds of different things, really. And if there's ever a show that people want us to cover, um, we'll do that, too. That's and great. then the last, yeah, yeah, it's it's really fun. So, and then the last is uh, what to do with money once you have it. And so we we teach kids how to spend, save, and give. Uh, we know that people who give are uh, more attractive. We know that people who give are happier. And so we want to make sure that kids know uh, that giving is very important, but also that spending and saving need to be proportional as well. Um, and that we don't want to forego one for the other. Some kids are natural savers, some are natural spenders, and we want them to be balanced in all areas as they go through life. So yeah, that's what we cover on the show. Uh, we try to be consistent. Uh, right now we're doing a 10-part series on how to start a business, everything from you have a business idea all the way to it's time to do your taxes. And so we're we're running through that right now and then we'll we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program, I think, in a couple of weeks. Before we go on, please listen to this message. If you enjoy this content, you can help us with as little or as much as you'd like over at patreon.com forward slash luminous mind. These funds help us to continue to produce illuminating content with needed equipment and resources to spread the message of changing the educational paradigm. We appreciate all the ways our listeners help us continue this effort through patreon.com forward slash the luminous mind by expanding exclusive content, giving away gifts, or giving patrons first seen products at patreon.com forward slash the luminous mind. Well, I kind of want to talk about, um, we mentioned it once before, but 
you know, we want to teach them how to be entrepreneurs, but I mean, it's easy just to say, okay, well, go and start a business. <laughs> but, and there's a lot of failure along the way. Do you feel like um, sometimes that can stop kids, you know, if they have like a failure too close to the front of their business or whatever, that they might not try again? I mean, is that part of the whole, I mean, just tell me what your thoughts are, I guess, on failure in business and how to keep going. Yeah, we can all get punched in the face all the time. Like even in, we both talked about our podcast and things that set us back a little bit. I think that one thing that is a big key for us to uh, impart to our kids is that we don't want them to just start a business. We want them to think about opportunities. And so one of the things that we can do is try to get this idea into them as early as possible. And that doesn't help everyone because people have older kids. But the moment you realize that this is going to be something you want to pursue, it's time to start working on it. And there's a few things that I recommend that that every family do, regardless of kind of what your personal belief structure is. There's a few things that you can implement right away. One of the things that we do in our home is that uh, we're very big on personal property. So we have four kids and we don't have much communal property in the house as far as toys go. Uh, so they all own their own things. And so that's one of the big keys is that every one of them, they own their things. It's their stuff. They take care of it. They're responsible for it. But the flip side of that is that when they want new things, they know that if it's not birthdays or Christmas or we don't randomly bless them, they're probably not going to get it just by asking for it. Um, there's not a whole lot of times where we go out and they ask for things uh, really ever. And that starts from a very early age. Um, my daughter's four years old right now, and we inspire her to we're kindling her entrepreneurship right now by she has a, a bell set, a Beauty and the Beast set that she really wants to buy. And I think it's ten dollars or twenty dollars. And so we created a, a little book for her and she's earning quarters every night. And she puts her quarters into her book. And when she gets about halfway there, her book will be full, which is half the amount she needs. We'll put down the other half. We won't tell her that, but we'll just tell her that she earned all the money for her set. And so she is extremely excited at four years old to do her work, put her books in. She's always asking us to look at it and she's trying to figure out how much she has and how many days left until she gets it. And for her, that's her business. She set a goal. She knows the job that she has to do. She's working at it. The gratification of all of that work isn't going to come for weeks and yet she's four years old and she's still working at it. And she doesn't cry. She doesn't say it's going to be too hard or that it's taking too long. She's just diligently working at it every day. And so at four years old, she already has those seeds that are being planted of, hey, where does money come from? Money comes from working hard. And if I want things, I need money. Therefore, if I want things, I need to be working really hard to get them. And there's other opportunities around the house that we can do as well that uh, help kindle that. And one of the ways I think that parents can do that is find opportunities that you would like or find things that you hate doing and then give your kids an opportunity to make your life better. And if they do, reward them financially. <laughs> so we set $30 a payday. Uh, so every two weeks we set aside $30, we put it in an envelope, and then we use that money to incentivize our children to do work uh, around the house or in the yard. We all keep the house up together. And then there's special things that they can do to earn money as well. So when they were younger, six, seven, uh, 10, um, that was a way that we could encourage them without necessarily having a full-blown business. One of the things we believe is like if to go back to this idea of failure is we don't necessarily want them. We don't want them to fail unless that's part of the learning outcome. And so we don't want to set them up to do something really big 
if they're just going to fall flat on their face. We want them to have a series of victories, some failures, more victories, so they can build up their self-confidence. And then they'll be, I think, a lot more equipped to handle those bigger failures later. Yeah. And it's really, really important when they're little to not to not let them fall on their face because then they, they definitely won't want to get up. I love that. You know, Dave Ramsey talks about it, commissions versus just an allowance. You know, you just don't right. get money for just existing, Ooh. that you mm-hmm. actually have to do the commission and the work to be able to get the money in. I think it's interesting right. too, like once your kids get a little bit of taste of that, of earning money, then they go out and seek other opportunities because our, right. our money only goes so far, you know. That's and exactly right. And so, yes. Yeah. And they, it sets them up like our oldest uh, was really into lawn care and, you know, yard work and uh, he picked corn. He did like just the most interesting jobs, just whatever he could do to just make money because he knew, you know, he got a little bit of taste of that. And and then also teaching them all those points of saving and giving and spending and how important that is. And when he got older, he's like, I wish I would have saved more, (laughs) even though he's saving half of you know what he had, but you know, it's interesting. And that's, the ter- yeah. that's the terrifying part, right? Because you can, if you, if you do everything right, then when it's time for them to go out and make their own money, then you feel somewhat secure that everything's going to go okay. But if you haven't taught them yet, and then all of a sudden there, um, I have some, some listeners, their son makes a thousand dollars a month off of his YouTube channel and he's 16. Oh, wow. And yeah, so they're, and for them, it's something that's, it's an interesting dynamic because he makes so much money, he can almost do what he wants with it, but he's still living in the house and they're trying to help him understand what to do with it. So the earlier that you're able to to get the spend, save, give and the envelopes going, I think that the better things are going to be long-term, which is almost the same with, with everything else, but yeah, well, I'd love to hear more about some of your listeners. You know, you mentioned the kid who's making a thousand dollars off his YouTube channel. You know, what's some feedback that you're getting from your audience or how you, how are you helping other people be more successful? So two of our, I think two of the the coolest businesses that we have going right now are, um, so we have one, uh, one of our listeners who he's actually raising ducklings, if you can believe this. And so he lives in an area where everybody, I guess, ships their ducklings in. And so his parents and him, they invested in a small little hatchery. And so they're actually growing ducklings and they're going to be selling them. And so we have some different ideas of um, how they're going to be doing with feed stores and different things like that, which is cool. And then we have another listener, Zoe, who's probably going to be one of our bigger businesses. I think I think she's going to really blow up. But she's doing right now. She's doing sweets. Uh, Sweets are not considered to be like a, a hazardous food They're So she can make candies and she can make cookies and things like that without having special certifications and without having special inspections. And so uh, she's starting her business now. So we gave her some great ideas of of how to go out in the area and and market her things. So um, so we do. There there are kids actually taking action and, and starting real businesses and it's really cool. It's interesting to to see and fun to watch. Yeah. Well, and I know you mentioned uh, mentoring other people. You know, mm-hmm. what are some ways that you're mentoring people and, and what have you learned from that mentorship? Oh, goodness gracious. These are great questions. So literally any chance that I get part of my day job is I run a leadership academy. Uh, I don't think I mentioned that. So by day we, we run a leadership academy and I, I have 97 students at a time and uh, we do seven classes per year. So my day job literally uh, is mentorship. And the big thing that I've learned uh, throughout the entire process is, number one, people are really hungry. They're hungry for direct feedback. Uh, They're hungry for people to be giving critical criticism. And once we get over the fear of telling people what we think they need to hear, it usually goes really well after that. But the biggest thing I think that I would go back to is that what people are usually looking for is the first step. 
they get uh, analysis paralysis. They get, you know, they, they can't make that initial decision. But once you get somebody to have that breakthrough of their initial for that initial decision, that first step they have to take, most people will just surprise you with uh, just how deep they'll jump in once you push them into the pool. Um, so I'm always surprised. And, and what I, I think the one thing I'm always humbled by the most is that I feel like everybody else has such cooler ideas and is way more passionate about them than I am. So that's really fun to see. It's really addicting because you just, you want to be around people like that more often, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's really fun to see how, like you said, the passion that they get in their eyes, it's more so mm-hmm. you're going to see that kind of thing than, you know, if they're just kind of going through checking boxes through their life, like we talked about. I, mean, I love the right. passion that it creates. And then the the young entrepreneur that's able to make some serious cash, you know, can turn around and I mean, he starts off on a really good footing right away. I mean, I love that. That's the whole kind of point is that uh, young people learn how to pay their way through college, you know, start their families debt free by teaching those entrepreneurial skills. What a great service. Yeah. So there's these. Oh, thank you, ma'am. So there's these studies that are going on. I mean, there have been a couple that have come out that look at starting a business before the age of 14. And some of them are like starting a business before the age of 13 and how great of an indicator that is on your future success, even if it's just something as simple as a lemonade stand. Um, And I think that that really plays out as you see, even people with great ideas. Um, We look at Walt Disney, for example. I mean, Walt Disney was an absolutely amazing innovator. He was a visionary, but he almost brought the company to the point of financial ruin over and over and over again. And his brother Roy was always there to kind of help him out and and pull him through it. But he had no idea and, and not even any real concern for the financial part of the business. And when we look at startups and we look at, you know, initial companies as they're building up, Often it's the administrative stuff, it's the the financial aspect, the things they don't want to concern themselves with. Um, that's what ends up sinking them, and that's what ends up sinking a lot of people. And so, learning those skills, even rudimentary at a young age, it, it's at least in their mind as they move forward into the next stage of life. At least they can recognize what they're looking at, and it's something they're considering, as opposed to some afterthought later that ends up being the thing that sinks their business or or worse, their family. Yeah. Oh, well, and it kind of reminds me of the marshmallow analogy of kids kids that are taught, you know, to have that little bit of patience to wait and how they're going to be rewarded for that. I mean, and it kind of goes the same with learning those skills at a really young age. You know, when we get those down, that we'll learn how to do that. I mean, when we're adults, we'll have it really solid in our the core of our being. Right. Is that? Yeah. Did you do the test with your kids? I have not done the test with the kids. Oh, I totally did the test with our kids. My wife and I did it. We set up a camera and we did the test. They were way too young to do it, but they, they passed. My first two did. I'm kind of afraid to do it with my next two. So we haven't done it yet. But I don't know what's going to happen. So go and do, like, yeah, do the marshmallow test for us. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they followed those kids. Like for those of you who don't uh, know what we're talking about. So basically they set a marshmallow down and they told the kids they were going to come back in a little while. If they didn't eat the marshmallow, then they were going to get a second marshmallow. And for a lot of the kids, they would just sit there agonizing. There were some kids who would eat the marshmallow before the instructions were even gone. And then other kids who just sat there patiently. And several years, they followed those kids throughout the course of their life. And those children who were able to uh, hold off on that first marshmallow to get the second one, they had a huge disproportionate amount of success uh, later in life just by being able to delay gratification for 
you know, that 20 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And that's what we want to build for sure. So, right. so I'd love to hear more about your website and how that's helping to serve other people. You mentioned like the business plan and things like that. You know, what else is on there that people can find? Uh, the biggest thing I think that people would find to be most useful, uh, there's two things. So first is I mentioned earlier, if you go to juniormoneymakers.com slash plan, there's a business plan template there uh, that's custom designed for kids. So parents and kids can sit down. You can fill it out in you know less than an hour. And then you can just shoot that to me at marketjuniormoneymakers.com and I'll, wrote, I'll respond and give you direct feedback. Uh, um, usually within a few days, I'll get back to you. Another thing that people can do is go to juniormoneymakers.com slash ask. And you can do that right from your PC or your Mac. And there's a button there on the screen and you just click that button and you can ask me pretty much anything that you want to ask me. And I have a really good return time on uh, answering people's questions live on the show. So you can just log in there, uh, hit ask, uh, hit the button there, and then I'll get back to you uh, with an episode. Usually, like I said, within a couple of days. Um, other things that I do for people is when I when people send me questions, I'm typically very available to either jump on a telephone call or a Skype call. Uh, I don't charge people for that. I just I like to jump on and get a feel for what people are going through, see different ways I can help them. Um, if I can help you right away on the phone, I will. If I can't, uh, then I'll do some research and get an episode out to you uh, as quickly as possible. So those those are some things I do to try to serve the community that follows me, and it, it's received really well. Uh, we're working on some other stuff right now, uh, the Junior Moneymakers Academy and a few other things. But right now, that's really how I try to to take care of all of my listeners. That's great. And they, he really does have a lot of great ideas, you know, as you're listening to podcasts of different things you can do. I actually, the one I love the most was the consignment store that you were talking about of building yeah. an online consignment store. And I actually have a daughter that's really into ballet. And I was like, oh, you should totally build because ballet, anything, leotards, you know, you can spend 50 bucks for just a, a new leotard. I'm like, but you, those girls grow out of them. And I'm like, why don't you build a consignment store for And, for and that's like the mafia. Yeah. That's like the mafia where you can't buy that stuff just anywhere. Yeah. Right? You can't just, some of the ballet stuff, there's gates and you have to prove to them that you have a ballet business before they'll let you buy it. So if you can get the used stuff, even from like the other kids that she's in the shows or the recitals with, yeah, you've got a great little business idea right there. Yeah. So I'm going to have to access, I need to get her in front of you because, you know, it's one thing for the parent to say it, but when you're there, you know, right. totally encouraging, I think that can be a huge help to get kids going on, you know, what, what their passion might be. So that's great. What do you feel Thank like you. a really great personal habit is that helps people be successful in entrepreneurship? Oh, so success is laid out the night before. That's a really big, uh, that's a really big one. And what that means is, you know, tomorrow's success is planned tonight. And if you can sit down and think about what you're going to be doing the next day, even if you're just one day ahead, then you wake up focused the next day, ready to accomplish uh, your biggest goals. And I, I think that if you can just do one thing, just one thing, I know that all of us have, we have day jobs, we have kids, we have family, we have dinners, we have all of these things that we have to do every single day. But if you can just figure out what your number one priority is and just do one thing every day, inevitably, you're go or eventually, you're going to get where you want to be. It may take you a little while, but eventually you'll get there. If you just do that one thing every day that needs to be done, eventually you're going to knock out your biggest goals. Yeah. And sometimes that floundering, it can really delay us. It can create this uh, feeling of failure that we haven't done it. But that that one striving every day to move forward makes a big difference in helping us feel successful. 
Right. I, I've told my kids before, a lot of my success comes from my brain, you know, <laughs> doesn't necessarily, yeah. but it's, it's how I'm feeling about that. And, and creating that list sometimes help us, helps us have that success. That's yeah. great. That's great. So Ralph Waldo Emerson has the quote of, you know, once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. And so it's vision and determination are like an unstoppable force. So if you have an idea of what you want to do, the moment that you decide to do it, it's almost inevitable that it's going to happen. You just have to make the decision and then you move. But the momentum, it takes on a life of its own. And today it's one baby step and tomorrow it's two and the next day three. But eventually you're, you're running before you realize it. And then you're, you're, you're starting to knock off milestones. And if you knock off milestones, you're going to hit your goal. It's going to happen. That's great. I love it. It just builds like, you know, I've talked about like this illuminated feeling, like where you're just so passionate. And I love mm -hmm. everything we're talking about. It helps strive us towards that or to, you know, give us that for sure. Well, and I'd love to hear, you know, you talked about a junior money, money makers academy. I'd love to hear maybe long-term goals that you see down the road and where you'd like to see this message go. Ah, the future. <laughs> um, so in one year, uh, we're actually going to be moving back to the States. So we're going to be uh, most likely a year from now, we'll be in Orlando, Florida, uh, living next to Disney World. And that I think is really when the Junior Moneymakers Project is going to take off. So that first year, what I'm really hoping to do is uh, I want to take this show on the road. And so we're going to be reaching out to all the all the churches up and down the east and west coast of Florida, to all the homeschool groups. And I would really like to start uh, in-person uh, classes, seminars, projects, and and really, really make this a lot more personal. So there's also uh, small kids, entrepreneur fairs all up and down the coast, actually all over the country. And I want to start uh, going to those in person and getting a lot of those guests on my show. So if your kids are entrepreneurs in any sense of the word, please reach out to me, Mark at JuniorMoneyMakers.com. And I would love to have you on the show, help push your kids business, uh, but also get your advice on how kids can follow in your footsteps. Uh, so those are two really big things that we're going to be doing uh, next year when we get back to the States. And then we should be done uh, wrapping up at least the initial stages of the Junior Moneymakers Academy, which is going to be an eight-week program that's designed to take your kid's business idea from a concept, or if they don't have a concept, we'll help them find a concept um, all the way through the planning and execution stages. So uh, what I want uh, the program to be is something where students can start, you know, right after Christmas and have a business going far, far before summer comes. So that's another thing that we're working on. And I can't wait to launch the Junior Moneymakers Academy. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, and I just love this idea of teaching our kids to work for one and then teaching them, you know, how to create their own money and their own incomes. I think it, like I've I mentioned before a few times, that it creates that freedom. And I really feel like that might be the legacy that you're giving people is just that freedom. Like you said, that they're not stuck at a at a car rental car place, you know, waiting for their credit card to <laughs> to go through, but That's gives right. them that freedom. What do you feel like your legacy is? I mean, how is these goals moving towards that? I think you absolutely nailed it. So um, my wife and I, we have, I think, a realistic vision for where we will be as a couple. So we, we're going to slowly be marching towards millionaire status. And we just, we want to leave our children 
uh, you know, a better world than, than what we had. We want to change our family tree. So internal to our family, we don't want our kids to ever experience the things. And I think this is something that all of us feel. We just don't all know how to get there, but we don't want our kids to go through the same types of challenges that we went through. They can have their own types, but we don't want them to be stranded on a road in Amsterdam. So that's personally for our family. But professionally, when we talk about the Junior Moneymakers Project, I want your kids to go through life without having any debt. And that starts with financial literacy at an early age. They need to be told. It needs to be reinforced. We need to talk about it more than that. They need to experience it. You talk about how difficult it is sometimes for parents to convey ideas to their children. And I think that there's some truth in that. But I think that through repetition um, and then through experience on their own part, they're going to recognize what you're telling them. Whether they wanted to hear it or not, you hammer it home enough eventually when they go out on their own, what they see will sound a lot like what you showed them when they were eight, nine, 10, and and 15 years old. So that's our legacy. The legacy is I want your kids to go through life without having any debt. And to reach that goal, we're going to teach them how to manage money while they're still young. Well, that's cool. And I feel like as families, the coolest thing that we can do is learn those lessons together. I mean, sometimes you as a parent haven't been the best role model to your children (laughs) about that, but it's a great time to just to work together on going, okay, we want our future different. Like you said, like changing your family tree. And I feel like you're helping to create, to facilitate that for so many families that, you know, even if you don't, that's, I guess, why I love the Junior Moneymakers podcast is that it's set, it's put in such simple terms that, that my kids are getting it, but then I'm learning lessons along the way too. So it's a great, great thing you're doing for sure. I'd love to oh, hear. That's super kind of you. <laughs> I'd love to hear. Do you have any parting advice for our listeners, maybe to parents or even to little kids about how to get their businesses going, even to parents, <laughs> how to get those businesses going? And then give us your contact information, how our listeners can find all of the things we've talked about. All right. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to tell you the greatest advice that it, it was life-changing for me. And I, I received it when I was very young. And then I'll give you the the one business advice for folks as well. But the, the first one is that your past doesn't define you. It doesn't matter what's happened or who you've been, or if you've been in debt, or if you've been financially successful, all of that, it can change in an instant. And who you're going to be tomorrow is going to be the person you decide today. So you make a decision, you take action. In this country especially, you can be anyone and anything that you want to be. And anybody who tells you any differently, they don't need to be a part of your future and your success. So take whoever you want to be and just become that person through hard work and dedication. Now, when it comes to having a business, the same thing is absolutely true. You don't have to be, you don't have to have a lot of money to start. You don't have to have necessarily a great idea. You don't have to be a genius. You just have to be willing to put in the work. If you're willing to go and mow people's lawns, you've got a business idea. If you're willing to walk people's dogs, there are people in your neighborhood or people in your, I want to say village because I live in Germany, but people in your town that, that have dogs that need to be walked. And if you're good at what you do, if you serve people and you take care of your customers, your business will grow regardless of what that business is. So listen to our podcast. I give you lots of great business ideas. You can scroll through the archives or send me an email at marketjuniormoneymakers.com and I'll help point you in a direction for something that is really tailor-made for you. But go out there and take the steps. Just do it. Don't be afraid. Just do it. You got it. I believe in you. 
you're going to do awesome. Yeah. We sometimes we want to believe that the American dream is dead. And, you know, there's a lot of obstacles in our way. And we have government regulation. We have different things like that. But Um, really, this is still the best place to start a business. And we have that. I love the American ideas in the fact that we are, I mean, it's kind of inbred in us to be entrepreneurs, to be inventors, to be people who are making a change. And then we are also the most giving people. I mean, I'm not saying that I have a international podcast but definitely those those ideals come from those places of you know being a person of value saving some money and then giving back to others it's still there it's still possible for sure again we've been talking with mark tilsher host of junior money makers podcast for some reason i'm a little tongue-tied on that you can email him at and i don't think you gave these away so i'm just going to give them away now but at mark at juniormoneymakers.com he's got a facebook group that you can be part of that I will be sure to link. And then you can find his website at juniormoneymakers.com. However, we're going to link all that information that we've discussed today on our website as well. But thank you so much, Mark, for coming on and joining us and helping to light our minds on fire on this really important topic of entrepreneurship. I really appreciate it. Rebecca, this is a great experience. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Mark Tilshire, go to our show notes, theluminousmind.net. Be sure to become a subscriber to our free email list and help us continue production of illuminating content by sponsoring us at patreon.com forward slash the luminous mind to get exclusive content. Subscribe on YouTube, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google Plus, Pinterest, and now Instagram. To help us grow, consider these easy ways. Tell your friends about us, leave us a review, share our content, tell us how we can help you so together we can continue to light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education. 